Hey guys, John here. Just want to touch base real quick uh, before this episode gets rolling. Uh, a couple little pointers here. Uh, unbeknownst to me while recording this, it was 12 hours later I figured out I was sick. So that's why my audio is kind of terrible. Um, I tried cleaning it up as best I can. Uh, but yeah, I'm sick as you can tell with this recording that it's even worse. Um, but yeah, so... That is that, but also the bigger news and something that we didn't touch on because it happened after we recorded, uh, as everybody that's on the Facebook land knows, uh, Lance Gerlach, the American Dairy Goat Association Executive Director, has put in his resignation. Uh, is nothing official from ADGA yet, uh, so we're not going to touch on that until there's official information out um, we're not going to speculate and all that good stuff. Um, we're just going to wait for the facts and report that as it happens. Uh, so I hope you respect that decision from us as well. Um, and yeah, enjoy the episode. Hopefully everybody's having a great Monday. We'll catch you on the next one. Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm half alive, John, joined by full alive Danielle Caroli. How's it going? Oh, I think I'm a lot better than you right now. Uh, you know, just a little tired. It's okay. It's it's that time of year where we we start just going nuts at work, and you know, goats at home haven't been making it easy. So yeah, we're good. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Is this a we're fine? Everything's fine. If I keep telling myself that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I feel like that's how it's going to be for the next couple of weeks. I mean, shoot, for the people that don't know, Daniel, obviously, you know, because we're, we're besties. Uh, Which, well, works, no, we can't be besties yet. Hold on. I'll, we can't be besties me? You have not let me get friendship necklaces, so I don't think we're official besties. Or is that just we're besties, but we're not BFFs? My brain just went to, oh, God, either a, a listener of the podcast or you yourself are going to get the early 2000s friendship necklaces with the names on them. And I am a 30-plus-year-old man, and you want me to wear a friendship necklace? <laughs> what if we just get, like, matching tattoos? No, that's too much of a commitment. Listen, there are <laughs> things you do and there's things you don't do. And you never, well, never mind, because we're going to, it's, I'm just going to skip over this. Part. I get matching tattoos. I have a matching tattoo with my brother. Okay. Well, but brothers are like, like you can get a matching tattoo with your brother. I was friends with a girl who got a matching tattoo with her grandma, but which is wow. completely different. Um, right. <laughs> I'm not editing any of those out. <laughs> there goes our clean rating, Danielle. Uh, 
I'll take care of that. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll clean that up. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, so <laughs> I know a girl who got a t- matching tattoo with her grandma. And so like mm-hmm. familiar matching tattoos, I think are good. I personally think it gets scary when you get like non-blood tie Oh, well, that's that's an easy fix, Daniel. So what we do is what every 13-year-old girl did at a slumber party, and that's they prick their finger, and the other friend pricks their finger, and they smoosh them together, and they're like, now we're blood sisters. Um, excuse me. I raise dairy goats. I know all about biosecurity, and that is not <laughs> Well, listen... You know, I, it's just an idea. I draw the line at necklaces. <laughs> okay. What about, like, what about, like, uh, I don't know, anklets? Something that people can't see? I want people to know that we're besties, but around the neck, like, first of all, I have a large neck. I feel like that's going to just be, like, a huge necklace. Like, I'm going to look like, uh, I don't know, insert any rapper name here. Flavor Flav. A keychain. There we go. That I can deal with. All right. We'll get matching bestie ringside keychains. <laughs> you know people are gonna want them for the for, for themselves too. So uh we'll looks like you have some homework. Store. Once we find some or make some, we'll figure it out, but they'll be on the merch store if we can do it. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Speaking of merch store, we have a pretty funny new shirt up. If uh, anybody hasn't seen our post about it, I, I am anticipating mine. It should be here by now. I should check my P.O. box. It's in it's local, but it's not delivered because I was I checked this morning, too, because I know I was going to have to harass you to get your <laughs> mail. So you get it if um, it had been delivered. But it's in your regional distribution center and so you'll probably get it in a day or two awesome that's exciting and i'll be posting selfies and stuff with it it's gonna be great Um, (laughs) so let's go back to like how our week is going besides us being uh not yet besties which kind of hurts but you know whatever um i guess i'll go into why i'm so tired and exhausted and blah uh works just like nuts right now which is per usual you know it's football season's getting ready to kick off so we have training camp and all that good stuff going on um but during that time last week uh i've had i've been dealing with deer that are asking for deer season for them just to be taken out um They've been just like walking through my fence, Daniel, not even jumping, you know, like usually deer like, oh, there's an obstacle in my way. Let me jump through it. They've been walking through my five strand fence and just tearing it apart. I don't leave it on at night because the goats are in the barn. But guess what? As soon as it's fixed, fixed, it's going to be on 24 seven because I'm not dealing with this anymore. So. Uh, you know, I've been, like, patching the fence here and there, and, like, work's been crazy, so I haven't had time to just, like, like, I don't even have days off, people, for people that don't know. Like, I don't have days off for the next, like, two or three weeks. So, uh, I've just been patching it, making it passable. You know, it's still hitting, but not the greatest. Um, so the goats, towards supper time for them, when they go into the barn, like, an hour before, they're just like, we're going to go for a stroll. So they're just like, 
going through the woods and, you know, on the property, like safe, like it's safe. Like there's always somebody on the property. And like, if they start getting into trouble, trouble, usually Tierney's dad or, you know, Tierney will be like, Hey, like the ghosts are being like nuts. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll put them in. You know, I'll come home and put them in. Um, so the other morning last week, I woke up and it was after a nice little frolic with the goats that two of my goats were exhibiting signs of eating something noxious or poisonous to them. So they had the rumen content coming up the nose and it was very jarring to see if you've never seen it. It's, um, it looks like it's just disgusting. Uh, so I took care of that. And luckily, the two that were affected I bounced right back, you know, activated charcoal, Pepto, uh, Banamine. Those are your friends, right? Right. Um, you know, I had, to tube, I had to tube both of them and get whatever blockages from the vomit that was coming out of them. Um, so I was like, oh, all is well and good. We got that fixed. Uh, they're not going over to this part of the property so it should be fine you know lo and behold yesterday one of my guernseys did the same thing although she must have eaten just like a leaf or two of i'm, I'm assuming it's either rhododendron or if they're going deep on into the property it, we do have a little bit of mountain laurel but it's i don't think it was that i think it was rhododendron um so yeah she uh she bounced back fine like i took care of her yesterday morning and by the time i got home she was happy eating and everything but that's what i've been dealing with and also a sick daughter and it's just this this is john's complaint hour so here we go therapy <laughs> session rolled to a podcast. Yep. Well, i'm glad that everybody's doing well and are recovering i mean and i know you will be recovering too and you know oh i'm sure i just sound so lively right now <laughs> i just you know pump up the excitement just a little bit um, <laughs> it's okay yeah i got you. i got enough okay. energy right now so we're fine but oh it's one of those things i feel like especially with livestock when it rains it pours and sometimes they just know like oh work stressful oh alice is gonna get sick a little bit let's go eat something we shouldn't and just enough, you know, we're not going to die, but we're going to make you think we're trying to die and we're just going to make it a little stressful. And, you know, oh, yeah. unfortunately they don't pay for the hair dye you're going to need with all the gray hairs to cover up. And like, sometimes I feel like when I sell kids or whatever, I should just like start putting money aside for, you know, when I need to start dyeing my hair for all the grays because of the amount of stress they cause. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you were one of the first people I called when it happened because I was like, what is happening to my goats? Right. And uh, <laughs> so you got panicked, John, which was a first for you, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it's it's very jarring. And when you're already tired and exhausted and they throw something like that at you that you've never had to deal with before, it's just like, woof but i mean everything was great i will say there was one funny part for this all um tyranny bless her heart like she's out there helping me tube these goats because they're adult does right mm -hmm. so I, i've got them locked between my legs and like she's like okay on her lunch break from work she's like okay I'll, i'm gonna tube it i'm like 
fine, great, that's gonna be awesome. And uh, so I I was talking to my vet, and she's like, yeah, I just get some activated charcoal in here. He's like, I've got some, or I think maybe we were talking to you. So right. she <laughs> she goes into the house, and I'm just dealing with the goats. It was really hot that day, and they were stressed so i was just you know hosing them down and making sure they were cool and she comes back up and she she like i look at the bottle it's like this little black bottle i'm like what is this and like i'm on the phone with the vet at this point and i'm like is this okay because it says activated charcoal on it but then it says like with coconut I'm like, what is this? I'm like, is this okay? And like, I'm reading it out loud to the vet as I'm looking at it for the first time myself. And I go, oh, yeah, we can't use this. And my vet's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is teeth whitening. I was like, this is not for, this is not going to work. This is teeth whitening. They'll have white teeth, but <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Yeah, exactly. Kurt Schnippy would be proud. <laughs> But, no, I so- I was impressed and kind of with this story, I was impressed because I was on the phone with you guys and one of the first things I said was, well, do you have activated charcoal? And I was away and not that I'm close enough to probably really help in emergencies, but I always, after having a doe who had an upset stomach years ago and for whatever reason, we threw activated charcoal at her and I now keep in my barn the activated charcoal paste in a tube and just make sure I always have that just in case. Mm So I was like, okay, you know, he can run over to my barn. I mean, you know, two hours time frame back and forth and all that stuff and probably wouldn't be that beneficial. But that's always something that if you think poison activated charcoal is good. And so, but... For me personally, I only started keeping activated charcoal, the paste in my barn after needing it one time. And so to my knowledge, you guys had never really needed it before, but I was really impressed that you were like, no, Tierney as well was like, I said, get activated charcoal. And you're like, oh, we have some in the house. And Tierney went, was like, I have some in the house. So I was really impressed with just the general preparedness that you guys were exhibiting in this situation because like I said you start to add medicines to your medicine cabinet or your medicine cupboard or your medicine room once you've had all these bizarre situations happen to you and I almost feel that they're more insurance afterwards and I'd much rather have a bottle expire and go bad than have to use it but at least I have it and I have access to it but so you start keeping all these things from experience. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're really prepared. They're, they, they've got this. <laughs> good. And then I was like, and then they were like, oh, maybe we'll just go to the pharmacy and get it. And, I, you know, it's one of those things where I don't even know if a pharmacy has it, but I'm sure activated charcoal, yep. like you probably can find it, you know, all those things. But, and then you're like, this is what we had. And I'm like, I just laughed and I'm like, oh. I was really impressed. And now I'm like, (laughs) I mean, I wonder though, did, I mean, I know you kind of poo pooed it with your vet, but do you think in a real emergency situation that would have helped to like get the dough just a little bit more stable so you could run out to a pharmacy or are the ingredients in that really just, uh, 
ingredients. I don't know. It, first of all, it's like it's it's it looks like the consistency of utter butter, where you just oh. like I think you just grab it with your finger and then you rub it on your teeth or grab it with a toothbrush and you know put it on your teeth. So I don't think getting it down the throat would have been an issue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, that was that was my week. What was it was? I hope you had a less hectic week. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely quiet here at the barn. Nothing too crazy going on. I was away a little bit doing some judging and some clinic work for showmanship, so um, that took up some of my time. But now. I'm just looking at my does and mentally preparing myself to start prepping them for fair. I got to clip everybody and re I have to clip my three kids who have never been clipped before. And then I have to reclip my milking string. And so I'm just kind of with the heat we're experiencing and just a little bit of a crazy schedule. I'm just kind of preparing myself that I have to spend some time there and Get them all ready. So that's where I am. Nothing crazy is happening. It's calm. But just going, oh, shoot, August is here. And when you yeah. start looking at it, August is almost over. And then you start panicking. And all of a sudden, you're in September. And it's just a, you're, you know, then it's winter. And then we're in spring again. And, you know, it just Stop. Gets Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm not stressed. Oh my goodness! Yeah, let's like let's deal with August first. How about that? <laughs> Poor John got my panic uh, as we were working on our schedule and trying to figure out podcast guests that we want to have on and start getting them organized and lined up and what we wanted to talk about in the coming, frank, quite frankly, months. I mean, when I, we started putting this to get schedule together for the next couple of months. It was months because we were just like, oh, I want to talk about this and we have to have this person on. But in the meantime, I'm like, <laughs> we just booked August. August is over. And then we're just booking September and we have to prepare for this. And we, so poor John, this is why he's like, stop because. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I know, I know, I know where it goes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so. Daniela, you have something that you has been weighing on your mind lately yeah. that you wanted to uh, address to the membership. This is a very sad moment, but we, we must do it. I wouldn't necessarily say it's sad. Um, no. But before we get into our ad good news for the week, I wanted to take a moment and issue a public apology and clarification. So I speak for myself and John that we use this podcast as a platform to learn and grow. And so sometimes in learning and growing, we make mistakes. During our last episode, when we were talking about goat photography, we, or more specifically John, but I won't throw him under the bus, <laughs> said some things that may have incited a large portion of our audience and the goat community at large. And so... Please understand that we were in no means attacking the crock-wearing crowd. I mean, in fact, John is a proud member of this group of people. And so we are truly sorry if we offended you. And I actually think that just as we're always learning, 
this is also an opportunity for us all to grow. So I just want to take a moment and challenge the crock wearing crowd as well, because I think there's honestly now an opportunity for you to do better as well on your end, because I honestly think, again, as we're learning and growing, this spurred a conversation and an opportunity. And I always think that this is what sometimes the GOAT community does. The GOAT community does best. So my challenge for you is to now you have to step up your game. And I think it's important that if you're going to rock the Crocs, you should now for photos, for in the ring, wherever you're rocking your Crocs in relationships to dairy goats, I want to see them in the official colors of the Adga rosettes of your breeds. So I want you to be rocking blue Crocs if you're exhibiting Nubians, orange Crocs for those Guernseys, purple for the Sanans, and so on. So... Yes, I want to take a moment. We did not mean to offend any (laughs) members of our crock-wearing goat community. But at the same time, if we can do better, so can you. And so again, (laughs) let's see these crocs and let's get them color-coordinated. And if that means if you're exhibiting three breeds, you have to do a croc change in the show ring. As a judge, I... Well, personally, I'm going on record. I will personally wait for you to run back to your trailer and change your Crocs if that <laughs> needs to be so you can rock the appropriate colors in the ring. And so- I mean, you, you, you're ready to just hold up the show for them. Oh, 100%. If this is what ha- it has to do to go the m- extra mile, I will go the extra mile. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you're going to have to uh, take pictures of your lineups in certain classes with all these Crocs you're going to be seeing as you judge. (laughs) If I, listen, if that's what we do, if this is the impact that ringside brings to the world, I am okay with it. (laughs) Well, you know, hear, hear to all those that feel attacked. We're brethren and not the, the enemy. So... Wear those Crocs, people, and wear them loudly and proudly. (laughs) Shall we move on to some Adga news? Yes, in a more serious note or not so serious? I don't know. But yes, let's let's move on to Adga news. All right. Well, LA scores from last year have been entered into Adga Genetics. They're still not available on NG, though, but we got them on Adga Genetics so you can still... Look at that data and make wise decisions when you're looking for your next herd sire. Right. And so this does mean that our linear appraisal scores from 2021 have the ability to be used in our evaluations for PTA or PTIs and ETAs and things like that as well. So numbers have definitely been updated as far as those things that you can find on the ADGA genetics site. And this was all done to the best of my knowledge by some of the ADGA staff or remote staff or contracted workers, as well as some of the linear appraisers have inputted the data into this database that they have that they were able to upload 
to add good genetics to have or to some database so that this way it could be um, meshed with the CDCB or is it CBCD? Um, um, it is. Well, I always get my letters confused. It's the CDCB. So it's so this way they can have those genetic evaluations, which I think is great. However, my little caveat in this conversation is, and I am so appreciative for the people who have done this, who've put in the work to have inputted those numbers. This, and I'm grateful that it happened. Like, please don't get me wrong in this little thing. However, this is not connected to NG. So I just want everybody to be aware that the numbers aren't in NG. The program does not have the capabilities yet to do this. So while it is a step forward and we're getting back to normal and programs are happening or starting to happen more in the normal that we were used to pre-NG, this is not connected to NG. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's NG was this uh, snake oil program that was sold to us to that we can have everything on there. In fact, we're not going to need Adga Genetics anymore because we're going to have something similar on NG. Well, guess what? Thank you, Gene, and and all of the appraisers that stepped up to enter data and Lisa and, and everybody um, because without you, we'd have nothing because NG's not capable yet. Just like because of NG's just failure... Adga, the Adga elite list that's on Adga Genetics is not officially yet either. Right. So it's just, you know, blah. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that it's on Adga Genetics. I don't want anybody to think that we're, like, boohooing it. Like, this is great. Like, thank you, everybody, for the hard work. It's it's huge for the membership. This is something we've needed. I just wish that something that the membership has been clamoring for was pushed by ADGA and not, you know, by this program that was capable instead. So it's just, it's like, meh, you know, great. We have the data. I'm happy for, you know, the Mark Badens and everybody out there that was working hard for the membership, but let's get it on NG too. Right. And the elite list that is on ADGA Genetics is what the elite list will be when it's published, it's not just presented yet in right. the pretty published form. So you can go to Adga Genetics and you can see the current, if you go to, um, if you go to the homepage there in under production, you can see um, the elite sires. There's a blue link for that. And that'll show you, for you can find for the year 2021 and you can look it through that for each breed and then there's also the elite does as well so it's really cool to see um i like to check on it just kind of as a personal note each year and see who's there still who's off who's on um it's just fun to see and kind of where the breed's going and as you start to learn and understand the numbers better it's just an interesting thing to kind of peruse for a bit and see what's going on within your breed yeah for sure Uh, also 
there's a familiar postal ballot that is being voted on by the directors. It's to continue allowing members to show on stamp duplicates until the end of the year. So I think that we should just um, bite the bullet and just say until the end of next year. But if they want to spend time on these postal ballots, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, uh, to round it off, uh, national show results are up. Uh, and you can go to the national show webpage for that. Uh, it doesn't have utter placings, though, I've noticed. So that's like kind of a boohoo. But um, everything's on there. It looks like the grammar that I read through was correct and names were correct. So um, good job finally getting that out. No, that's <laughs> exciting. And what that also means is that we can wrap up the national show and start working towards convention, which is going to be in our home state of New York, in Syracuse, New York, upstate New York, and should be a fun week of dairy goat dairy goating in that area and so i think the plan was as soon as they finish national shows they'll start working on the convention schedule and releasing all of that stuff so we're moving forward with that and that should be exciting and if you guys are looking for a place to go this fall a vacation that still involves dairy goats we New York and upstate New York is always really beautiful that time of year. And I think the convention should be a great time. So definitely keep it on your radar and we'll be there. So we hope to see you there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Once we um, kind of know the schedule of stuff that we may be doing or not doing, uh, we'll have a schedule of our own that we'll post of what we're doing and when and what days we'll be there because I won't be able to be there the entire week it's just impossible to take a week off for nationals take a week off for uh, fair and then take a week off for convention it's just not going to work for me (laughs) not this year but I'll be there you know at least four days probably right no so should we move on to our topic we do have a topic this week we do have a topic, though I'm laughing. We might have to change this format up a little bit because <laughs> these poor listeners, they listen to us for so long. And then we're finally like, oh, by the way, guys, we have a topic. We should talk about it. We should. If, you know, if I was, if I really had my stuff together, I should say in the beginning of the episode what we're talking about. But I like to also leave the suspense, right? I mean, technically. In theory, it should be popping up with the topic on the title, so they should know <laughs> what it is. But maybe it, you're you're in the barn, you just tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, play the next episode of Ringside, and so it just pops up. So maybe they don't know. We'll go with that. But if you want to introduce our topic, I'm here for it. Oh, okay. Should I play sad music too? Uh- <laughs> no, there's no sad music in this. Well... With fair season here, uh, you know, we're getting ready for fair season. There's tons of people at fairs currently. Uh, more people than ever are showing their goats. We've seen discussions online on what the process is to get a permanent champion, what it means, and the process of where to go from there once they do get their permanent championship. Uh, but there seems to be confusion, confusion on how exactly that's attained. So we're here to make it easy for you. So to start off, 
Danielle, what is a permanent champion? So quite simply, the best way to describe what a permanent champion is, is an animal, and it can be a doe or a buck that has been awarded three legs within ADGA shows throughout their show career, and that allows them to earn the CH on their pedigree. If they've also earned a milk star or are a B buck, either a plus B or a star B, then they would be uh they would earn the prefix before their their herd name would be GCH. And if they haven't earned any of those milk stars, it would be CH. And then if they're a superior genetics animal, they would be an SGCH. Right. And you earn it by getting three champion wins in any age group or, you know, like, I I feel like the reason why I'm like dubbing it down so much is like people hear restricted leg and their, their brain just breaks. Right. So people are like, Oh, what is a restricted leg? And to easily answer that, uh, a restricted a restricted leg is a leg you win as either uh, a doe or buck, but we'll we'll use does in this instance. Um, a doe uh, earns a restricted leg by getting a dry leg, which means she won grand champion as a junior, um, not in milk. Or they can win the restricted leg by say uh, if they didn't win as a junior and now they're in milk. Um, and they go reserve to a permanent champion. They can get a restricted leg that way as well. Right. Provided there are enough numbers in that class, or sorry, in that breed to right. meet the requirements. Yeah, which is uh, 10. But you can, if it's a combined show, you can insert, I believe it's two juniors um, and have eight milkers to make it official. Right. So you would need eight does in milk and two other does. So they can be, if it's a combined show, which is the show where you would show the juniors first, you would select your junior champion, and then you would move into your milking animals. You can have juniors that make up that extra two goats, or you can also have dry does. So does that have freshened, but are not milking as well, which you typically tend to see more. So not necessarily at club shows, but at those fair shows where uh, 4-H'er wants to bring his favorite showmanship doe back into the ring and she's not in milk anymore. Or I bring my five milkers, but my sixth doe at home is dry. So she's just going to come. I feel like at some fair shows, you do see your dry milkers. So, you know, they freshened before in the ring. So yeah. they can make up that other two does too. Right. Yeah. Like the, you know, the family that just has a couple milkers and milk and then they bring the other ones just for the premiums. Right. But they're not in milk. Yep. Um, yeah. So when you're, when you're getting your either, if a doe gets a restricted leg and then gets its two other regular win legs, um, can they all be the same judge? No. So you have to have been selected grand champion and awarded that grand champion leg by 
at least two judges. I just want to make sure. Hold on. Yes, it's got to be at least two. All three cannot be the same judge. Right. Are you still checking out on me? Like, you don't trust me? No, 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 no. I was... No, you're fine. This is what besties trust each other. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have the necklaces. It's fine. (laughs) Um, So... You mentioned before that you can get the CH on the paper, um, and pre and G, the process for that would be just sending in the paper of the registration of the animal, mm-hmm. and you get a the registration sent back to you with the CH on the paper, and you can also opt in to get a uh, pretty certificate that you can frame. Um, but that's pre-NG. So what, what about now? What, how are people getting CH on their papers now? So they're not. You, oh. as an exhibitor... So it used to be that, as a judge, we would send in our ROAs after the show, which is what everybody would sign if they won Grand Champion, Best of Breed, or Reserve Grand Champion, and make sure all their information was correct. And that would go into the system at ADGA. They'd enter all the wins. They would process who gets the restricted legs, who gets the the unrestricted legs, the official legs. And then once your doe had earned three, regardless of whether it was three official unrestricted legs or two unrestricted legs and a restricted leg, Once that happened, you would be given a letter that said, congratulations, your doe is a champion. And at that time, that letter would get you through for the rest of the year. And so typically what people would do is they would show with that letter. And at the end of their fair season, you would send in those papers. You would get your papers updated with the CH, the GCH, the SGCH on their paperwork. However... Right now, the show wins cannot be processed in NG. I have heard that there's a database that they are keeping track of them so that this way, once that part of the program works, they can just upload the information in, NG can sort through it and, you know, start being like Oprah and you get a CH and you get a CH and you get a GCH and we all get GCHs. But right now, that's not happening. So... All of our does are pending champions where we have animals where we as breeders, because we know how legs are awarded and when an animal can qualify, have kept track of who has their three legs. And so those does are pending champions, which why that term exists is... There's always human error, both on our exhibitor's part, on the office part, on the judge's part. There's there's the possibility for error. We might have not realized that maybe there actually was nine in this show, so she didn't earn a leg here. Or, oh, shoot, I didn't realize that she had been shown under three different – or the three – this judge, she had been awarded her champion legs under the same judge for all three – So you always like to say pending because until it's official and it's gone through the system, 
you don't want to necessarily claim she is a champion until you have that official paperwork. Mm. True. Yeah. Uh, so I want to just clarify something real quick. Mm-hmm. And this is in live time, folks. Um, I mentioned that the the national show results were up. Um, that that page is gone oh. on Adga, and they've deleted the post on their Facebook. So um, I bet it'll be up by the time this gets released. So uh, we'll carry on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Gotta love it. So Gotta that, love it. Hold on. Hold up. Uh-huh. What that means is. You heard Danielle going on a rant and a tangent and figured now would be a great time to check your social media and start scrolling through because you figured there was probably at least five minutes that you weren't going to have to bring anything to this podcast. No, so what it you means. You might as well update your Facebook status, check in, <laughs> tell everybody you're, you know, doing this and carry on oh my god well you know i got a notification on because i commented on a post before recording that because somebody was uh you know saying that you know results books weren't up and i checked this morning and they were up so i was like oh they're up so i got a notification and they said well it wasn't apparently wasn't ready for press release because it was uh deleted uh so yeah, I, like you know, I I might be updating my my status now, but you know that has nothing nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if we continue, I apologize for checking my notification. Um, you know what? Be present. That's I am I present. Ask. So <laughs> with. With having the issues where we have all these pending champions, uh, how is that affecting all of these shows? And how is this affecting uh, classes like Champion Challenge and all that stuff? Do you want to weigh in on this first? I will, yeah. So I think people... I So there's a couple things with this. There's a couple caveats. Uh, I think people are, are still have... Those that have CH on their paper, they are going into champion challenge. Although I still see, I mean, I've seen this year people that have those that have CH on their papers and they just throw them in the regular show just because. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think those classes are really kind of a mute point because a lot of people that have these champion challenge does, um, they're not really, they're not dragging them out to like, just club shows. They'll take them to the fair for the premium, sure. But some some fairs, you can only put in a couple in each class. So, you know, it's like, what, what do you do then? Uh, so people are showing these pending champions uh, to get um, insurance legs, basically. Uh, because they can't be in the in the champion challenge class because they don't have the CH on their paper. So people are, are getting an insurance leg just in case... Something happens with NG and some of these wins don't go through accurately or there are issues with some of these shows. Um, You know, weird people aren't really trusting of the most trusted since 1904. But but I kind of want to go back to the champion challenge class and what's going on with that because I do think it's important to address 
I know in my herd that my oldest Joe with a champion with a permanent championship with the correct paperwork is or my youngest Joe I should say with that paperwork is a 2015 model. So she is 7 years old. I have an 8-year-old that also has her permanent championship but everything younger, my 2016 doe, my 2017 doe, I have a 2018 doe, I have a 2019 doe. They have, they're pending, but they do not have that permanent championship paperwork. So most of these does are dry because as we talked about, breeding season 2021 was not very fun for Uh, us at King's Rock, but if they were in milk, most of my does would be this permanent champion pending situation. Right. So my seven-year-old, she still looks great, but she's seven. And my eight-year-old, she's eight. Like, you get to the point where sometimes these does don't need to be exhibited anymore or you don't want to bring them out. And you look at, let me tell you, I have, she's my, I have a 2018 doe that it is killing me right now that she's dry. And I see her walking around and granted, because she's dry, she's just a little bit more, I'm trying to think of, she's a little bit more well-loved and she probably is <laughs> and she's not, so she's not as sharp and angular as I know she can be. And I think once she gets in milk again, she'll kind of milk that away and she'll be pretty and it'll be fine. But if she was in milk, I'd want this dough out. And quite frankly, if we were in a perfect world, I'd want her in the champion challenge class because that's where she should be. She's worked hard. She's gotten these three legs. This is where she should be. But she's not, so I'm. E- if she was in milk, I would either be deciding to show her in her actual class or leave her at home. So in my proportion of my herd, for each show, I have to decide if I'm taking animals in that champion challenge class. And in this case, most likely I'm not because I don't have something that I would want to show. And I have been finding this across the board at shows I've attended with animals, but also shows I've been judging. I am seeing fewer and fewer permanent champions in that champion challenge class because they just don't exist in the way they used to. Those animals that are gorgeous and have just finished their championship and you want to get them out you know, a few weeks later after they get their permanent letter and this is their year. They aren't there, or the next year after she finishes, they aren't there because they don't have the paperwork. So, so often I'm not seeing challengers in the ring. Right. And it makes sense for those exhibitors. I mean, how many shows have I dragged my age dough out this year? The answer is nationals, and that's it. You know, she's a pending finish champion, and it's like, why am I going to this? She's eight or nine, 
or she no, she, she's eight. Uh, why am I going to drag her out to a show where she's just she's an older girl? Um, she sure she might be able to compete, but not likely. Uh, why am I going to drag her out to a show when she's a pending Finnish champion and there's no? I can't get her into a challenger. You're right. So it's just like, I, I feel you. And I get why people are doing it. Um, it's, it's a thing, unfortunately, these days. Um, so with this, what we're kind of tap dancing around, I'm just going to kind of jump right into it. You have a doe that's got a restricted leg, right? And she's still a junior. Um, are you... Do people should people still show them, um, even though they have the restricted leg? And same thing goes with those those pending Finnish champions. You know, like I said earlier, NG is affecting people's decisions to keep showing pending champions or doe do kids or juniors with restricted legs. So, I mean, you're a judge; you've probably been seeing it a lot too. So, as a judge, I have definitely been seeing it. And like I've said about the champion challenge class and everything else, I definitely think shows are affected, particularly in the quality of animals that are being brought out because people are either saying it's not worth showing right now or I can't bring out the does I want to bring because they're pending and I don't feel comfortable showing them in their breed class instead of the permanent champion class, the champion challenge mm-hmm. class, which I totally understand. However, I've also been seeing somewhat of a switch in mentality, and I think I'm all here for it, that I'm going to bring out my best and I'm going to compete with my best because... I'm here to show and show off my herd instead of compete for the legs. And while sometimes that comes off as we're just running for and trying to get rosettes, at truly competitive shows, it makes it fun. And it makes it fun to judge. It makes it fun to show at. And so as an exhibitor... I'm basically switching to the mindset that I'm just going to bring out what I can bring out. And if this is my permanent champion that's pending, she's either going to do well or she's not. And that's fine, but she's who I want to show today. And that's kind of where I am in this. I think my personal opinion is. I also know that Unless you are a big herd, the restricted legs are where I think we see this more often than not. But people tend to go, oh, your junior just won. Pull her from the show. Oh, yeah. And I have such a problem with this because unless you have a barn full of juniors, sometimes that junior is all you're going to have or two juniors is all you're going to have and so you could go to the first show of the year you could get grand in one ring and grand in the next and all of a sudden your two juniors have their legs and I just hate the idea of 
being forced to keep them in the barn and not in the show ring because people are going to not be happy about it because then their doe's not going to get the leg. And I think there's oh, a little bit of yeah. courtesy, but I also think far too often we're quick to jump and say, no, 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 this is how it has to happen. This is the respect that is given in the ring. You pull the does out of courtesy. and you have, I have morals. You need to, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I do that. And she doesn't. And don't get me wrong. I used to. Th- it used to be that that was how it was. Quite frankly, people would be mad and upset and think it was in spite to not pull your junior with a restricted leg. And I'll pull juniors. Like, that's not saying I don't pull juniors. But I think, if anything, at least in the Northeast, where I'm showing, and I'm not speaking for other areas of the country, but I think the blessing or silver lining of NG not showing show wins is people's mentality of what showing should be has changed. And so the competition has changed. And so some people, not everybody, but this, some people are going, wait, I'm showing my goats. I want to show the ones I want to show. And I'm going to bring out my best. So if you beat me, you're beating my best. Or if you can't beat my best, breed a better goat. Yeah. No, I, I, agree wholeheartedly with that i mean in the past and i mean even recently it's like oh this person's bringing out this goat what the heck they're they've they've done their thing like come on but then i like i retrospect after my little hissy fit for two seconds and i'm like well what's it matter it's their goat they can do what they want you know i might not agree with it and i but i'm also like well i guess i better have something better that day you know like who am I to say you can or can't do uh, something like showing your goat, your junior goat 20 times, you know, people got mad at me this year because one of my yearlings got her dry leg. And then the next show we went to, I brought her because her handler for nationals was going, was going to be at that show. And they, they were like, Hey, we're going to get some practice, you know? So fine. I put them in and you could see people like, very visibly upset and it's like dude chill i mean i've got a kid this year she was a march kid we went to a i think a may show she was only a couple weeks old yeah ultima and and she got her restricted leg and i'm like what do i do with her now like was the first thing that came to my mind like well now she's got to sit in the barn for the the rest of the year and if i don't breed her as a yearling then she's got to sit in the barn then too which she's you know she's not going to be bred but you're right it's like at what point are we just like well i want to show my goats right like i just you know i have mary mac who's finished and i especially payback shows i'm taking her out man like she's gonna go out she's gonna have a fun time we're gonna have a fun time if we win great if we lose oh well you know like big whoop so right. I just and- I just don't see why people are so concerned about other people at shows. Like, just worry about your own stuff. And like you said, if you're not winning against those animals, like, breed a better animal, man. Like, I know, like, we're all aiming to breed a better animal, but maybe, like, really look at to, into what your stock is 
And maybe you have to make some tough decisions on what you're going to do next to be able to compete against some of these animals. That's what they did back in the day. Right. And then the other thing about it is that even with juniors, or I would say probably more likely with juniors than milkers, but milkers it does happen to as well. But that judge's opinion is one judge at a snapshot in time with your dough. So your dough may place completely differently in another ring because while we have the unified scorecard, it doesn't always answer that the GOAT is going to place the same in another ring. I mean, that's why we go out to shows and we judge under a million judges and try and get our GOATs out there and get opinions on them because... It's not a, I don't want to say it's not a perfect system because that's making it seem flawed, but because there are opinions there, it changes or your goat may change. She may be a complete pain in the butt. I caught Mm -hmm. myself there, but she might be a complete pain in the butt in one ring and she's hunched. She's towing out at that point of elbow. She's just acting up. So the judge truly can't see her. And so she places middle of the class last. But then she's right. figured out what's going on. And she goes into the next ring. And she looks great. And so she goes grand. like, And that's just the extremes here. But there's so many things that could happen or how your dough looks that she might not always be the first in her class. She could very well be, but she might not be the first. Yeah, it's it's just it's also mind boggling, like the treatment people get and like, yeah, so you get a restricted leg and in theory, in a perfect world of some people's minds, you pull that dough for until she freshens. She's got her. She won grand champion as a junior. Then as she freshens, oh, all of a sudden she wins, say, as a two year old. And she finishes right now. Like finishes after winning twice. Let me specify since that is the topic here. <laughs> but right now, like you're gonna have a really hot two or two year old, and then say, "Oh, they don't process show wins," which is a very high possibility. May I add, they don't process show wins this winter. So next year, those pending finished champions that are just turning three have no, no, like, you're supposed to leave them at home? No. Like, if you want to show them, show them. Like, I'm sorry, but I, I too am at that point, Danielle, where it's like, even if it's not a payback show, like, I'm sorry, like, I'm going to, I'm going to show it. I mean, you see show, small shows like these county fairs where there's breeders that, you know, they're, a very small show so they're able to stack the deck where there's a very visible animal that you can tell they want to win because the other ones might just magically not have bagged up enough or are just completely milked out so you've got the one the one animal that they want to choose and like as a judge which one do you go for so they're trying to stack it where that animal is the one that wins and tries to finish and that's on them so why can't I stack it and say, hey, I, I want to show my really good animals and represent my herd well? Uh, 
maybe I have a really young herd that just can't compete with some of the older stuff. So I'm going to bring out my older stuff too and have fun because that's all that's what we're supposed to be doing is having fun are we all showing our animals just for ribbons is that the deal here well i don't think so i think it is different there is a difference between chasing rosettes and showing your does and bringing out your best i do think that there is a difference Mm -hmm. i think that some if you're going to every single show in and quite frankly if you do and this is what you want to do go for it but i will say you do know when somebody is chasing the rosettes and if you want to have rosettes that's fine if you can tell me what you're doing with those rosettes and how you're arranging those in your house and making them look pretty and useful and not in a in boxes in your attic because you don't know what to do with them and otherwise they're dust collectors please 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 let me know because like at some point you know i think as go owners and people who show we get the first place ribbons and we start to keep those blue first place ribbons and then we have enough of those that we could literally probably line a wall with all of our first place ribbons and then we start keeping the official adga rosettes and it's all well and good and don't get me wrong i love my adga rosettes but at some point there's only so many you can have and i mean i've been doing this since 20 or not even 20 since 2003 and so i have boxes of ribbons that i don't want to get rid of because this is so and so's champion leg and some of them i know some of them i don't know but I feel weird throwing them out and tossing them, but I don't know what to do with them. So, you know, if you want to chase rosettes, go ahead and chase rosettes. But if you want to be there and show and have fun, as a judge, I want to see the your best. As a competitor, quite frankly, I think I want to compete with your best too. Yeah. I mean, you have a doe that is finished and – she started producing some milk out of nowhere. Um, and like most likely, like you said, was probably a hormonal thing or whatever. Uh, but you were like, do I milk her and bring her out? LOL. And it's like, yeah, man, bring her like, let's, let's go. I mean, I have since sold my, my two year old, <laughs> my two year old uh, um, experimental. But I mean, I was like, yeah, like let's, let's, let's freaking battle it out. Like, I can remember back to when I first started when you had Moon and she was a Finnish champion and Jem wasn't, but they were, you know, at fair. So, of course, we saw Moon. And, like, it wasn't, like, me being mad or anything. It was me being, like, all right, we're going head-to-head with Moon. And, like, let's go. Like, we're going to we're gonna battle it out. It's going to be fun. And we had a really fun time with it. And I think that's what it's supposed to be. Like, oh, let's see if I can – if I can – knock this dough that's finished down a peg or two by my dough coming out of nowhere and winning, you know, that type of mentality. Like it was, it was fun. And right. I feel like it was friendly competition. the, sh- exactly. And I feel like the ring has become so cutthroat, right? Like people are so mad that people are showing these pending finished champions or these does, dough kids that have their restricted leg. 
um, to the point where they're going on Facebook and, and crabbing about it and putting people down. It's like, dude, like let people do what they want. When when was showing goats? Like I thought showing goats was supposed to be like the fun part. Like showing goats isn't supposed to be just a business mindset where you're in there to win. And if you're not, then you're not having fun. I mean, the sportsmanship alone from that NG has created for people that are mad that people are showing these animals is just absurd. Like it's ridiculous. Right. And then the other thing is, even if you have, if you're one of the lucky unicorns, as I like to call them now that have the official paperwork it doesn't even mean that you're doe and you're able to show her in the champion challenge and you want to show her in the champion challenge. It doesn't even mean that that doe is going to win. That just means that that doe won three times in her past. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, I think <laughs> of a show I just judged and I don't even remember or judged a few weeks ago. Sorry. I don't even remember how old the champion challenger was. But she probably couldn't compete. And I know she had the correct paperwork, but she couldn't even really compete with some of the younger animals that they were exhibiting. And so it wasn't easy first for or in that champion challenge class, it was an easy first to go with my champion of the day. And I probably could have gone with my champion of the day and then maybe my reserve champion. And I probably could have pulled some depth out because the champion just that day, and I don't know, maybe she didn't have enough milk. Maybe she wasn't full completely. You know, there's all these d- different things. Maybe she didn't like the trailer ride today. The heat was getting to her. There's so many factors involved. But yep. that being said, she couldn't compete. So she had the paperwork, but she wasn't competitive. So she could have been shown in the... And so I just think about like that dough. She could have been shown in the breed class, and it probably wouldn't have changed how they were placed. So you start doing that, the best doe is going to win in that show regardless. And is it just that we stop caring about the word grand champion and we start focusing on best of breed? Like, I, I, do we have to change our mindset as exhibitors and showing goats that we're not looking for, we don't care what you know, grand champion isn't what we're going for. The big deal is the best of breed because then who cares if your doe who was grand champion is actually, you know, a Finnish champion or not. Your The coveted prize is now that best of breed. So is that where our focus should be? So then it doesn't matter if it's permanent champion or if she has her permanent championship or she doesn't or she's pending because quite frankly – would she have beat be in permanent championships? You don't know. But what if we right. start I mean like kind of like thinking on air, but like what if we focus on the idea that the best of breed is the ribbon we want instead of that grand champion while NG is still paused on processing show wins? Like, does that change? I thought, we, I thought everybody was trying to get best of breed ribbons, no? Well, yes, but I think I guess my thought on this is so often we see, oh, this doe went grand and best of breed, which quite frankly, you know, is sometimes how it works. Sometimes there's challengers, sometimes there's not, you know, there's all these different things. And this is even before NG. But Mm -hmm. what if we stop going 
this is the grand champion. But what if we almost like not get rid of grand champion? Because obviously you need grand champion. But if you go, this is the best of breed and focus on that, then it doesn't matter that you beat three permanent champions or you didn't beat three permanent champions that are pending. Because if you had ultimately showed, if those permanent champions had their paperwork and you would have shown and competed against them in that best of breed category, then you would have lost anyway. And so this doe was the best of breed. And so what if our mindset is now changed and our grand champions are like first places, but it's really that best of breed that's the bigger deal. Then it well, wouldn't matter. I've solved all the world's problems. Well, I don't know. There's still going to be those those people out there that feel like it's their right to have their animal win. So if people can pull animals that already finished or already have legs, uh, restricted legs, then... They need to do it because my animal deserves a win. I gas is expensive, and I came out here. No, breed a better goat, dude. Like, quit being so bad. <laughs> like, seriously, sportsmanship is out the window. And yes, your your theory there. I mean, that could solve all the world's problems. But someone out there is still going to find a reason to be all pissy about it. And there's just it's going to never end. I think if people just take a minute and breathe when they're frustrated because like it frustrates me and i'm like oh man i didn't win because but that thing's got a dry leg like i get frustrated but i don't say anything right. i don't say anything i'm just like oh man john you need to do better that's it but i still congratulate the person <laughs> like you just you have to be an adult and i'm seeing so many cry babies out there it's ridiculous, and I just, I just think everybody needs to understand the process, understand why people are doing this, <laughs> ng, and just, just go with it, right? So if you don't like it, breed a better goat. I think that's that's it. I do want to touch on something you mentioned really briefly because I feel personally that this is part of the issue as well that people go. This is affecting the business side of this, that I set prices because of how a doe performs in the ring. And if Mm -hmm. I can't get her paperwork or if she doesn't get her legs and I can't get her finished, it affects the prices. Wouldn't you agree that that's a thing? Yes, I agree. And people, people do it all the time. You see on the websites, oh... This one's a finished champions. It's plus $200, you know, uh, uh, one leg plus $25. Like it's like they add it to the price. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hundred percent business for some of these people. Right. And don't get me wrong. I do that as well. That helps me build my pricing and I do have it price structured at least a rough price structure in my head based on those things. Do you have that as well? Or how do you kind of set your prices for kids? Oh, I, I definitely set it for, uh, I don't go too crazy. I just do, um, if they're finished, right. Then, you know, the price is much, or if I feel it's a, I have a decent goat there, I'll, I'll price some more. So that's how I do it. Right. And so that's kind of my thought as well. I think of this year 
And I know that we went to nationals, we're doing our county fair, and I think, oh, and we did progressive, we did the champagne classic, but that's it. Where in a normal year, I would have gone to Altima, I would have gone to this show, I would have brought a few animals here or there. So my showing this year isn't that extensive, but my animals are aging And I know my breeding program and I know the value of these does. And so if I go, okay, I'm most likely I'm not going to finish her this year because I just don't have the time to take her to a show and get her finished. But I know what she can do. People are buying from me as a breeder because they trust my breeding program and they want some of those, you know, they want those genetics. They want the experience that comes with my history as a breeder and the genetics I have and the way I use, you know, do my breeding program and things like that. And this is not just me speaking, but this is how we buy animals. Yeah. And so if I know that this is a good doe, does it really matter? Like, shouldn't my expertise and my judgment influence the price more than the championship legs at this point in time? What do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I can, I could see that, but I mean, don't you, people would still find reasons to be super upset if they don't win and um, would be super upset with the pricing because their animal got third, you know, like, (laughs) I think it's just, No, 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 but I guess what I'm saying is if I step out of the show ring and just keep breeding my goats exactly like I would be breeding them now, wouldn't, yes, like, and I, I should be able to justify the prices because in theory, I would put that animal back in the show ring and she would do just the same as, or that animal would go on to do well and do this or that as they would if I wasn't showing because, there's only so much influence that a judge's opinion is going to have. Not to say that it's not helpful, but at mm. some point you have to breed what you like and you have to breed the animals in your barn to the best skill you mm. have. I don't know, man. I think people are going to be like, like, I mean, I've seen it happen. I've heard it. I've heard these conversations so and be like, oh, so and so has a nice herd. They don't show, and they go who? Like, if you're not in the show circuit and in the in the club, then people just don't know who you are, and just like. But then, I mean, you've seen it also this year. Those herds that nobody's heard of because they don't show, all of a sudden show up to some rinky dink show, and they obliterate the people that have been winning all year. Right. So, but hold on, is that a marketing issue? Um, or is that a show ring issue? There's one herd that comes to mind. I'm not going to say names. Um, that does pretty well marketing her stuff, and she doesn't show. But you like the, she's definitely off the radar of anybody that buys for that breed. Um, and she, like I said, markets pretty dang well. So I think I think people put a lot of weight into those ch animals and i mean shoot 
people get their herds appraised and they don't they can't fathom how to read the actual data and just look at the end number and that's it so i mean i think that the system's broken entirely as far as how our showing and linear appraisal and all that goes because people just look at the highlights and don't actually look and see how they got there you make me sound so jaded in the end <laughs> what what do you mean well i just kind of go oh but it doesn't be like I'm showing for fun and I'm showing, don't get me wrong. I'm not, not showing my animals and I'm not, not taking them out, but, and I do want to win. Like, that's not what I'm saying, I guess. But at some point is the best goats, the ones with the permanent championships on them, or are they, well. just, I guess ultimately they're just the best goat three times. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, I'm sure there's some goats out there that have had three one-hit wonders. I'm sure it's happened. Um, it's. I feel that if people keep pulling goats because you got to give the other guy a chance, at the end of the show season, if people keep doing that, those animals that are going to be winning at the end of the show season stood at the end of the line at the beginning of the show season. So do they belong to have, or do they belong in that permanent champion elite? Uh, maybe not. But again, it we it's as we always say though, it's what the judge has in front of them that particular day. So you know, do do you tote your animal finishing in a a show total for all breeds of 30 goats. I mean, that's up to you. I mean, that's your win and a win's a win. I mean, it's just if the, I mean, I could do insert any sports analogy where the star, the star player gets hurt and then the backup comes in and it usually doesn't end well for that team. But it's just, it is what it is, man. I think people put a lot of weight on those CHs and maybe they just need to start, learning how to develop their eye and evaluate each individual animal that has that CH instead of just toting the CH, right? Oh, I got this, I got this bucket out of this doe. She's a pen. She's a permanent champion. Okay. But what do you like about her? Well, she's permanent champion. Okay. Well, I know how this conversation is going to go. Thank you. Next. Right. I mean, and unfortunately there are people who buy their own permanent championships as well they have a breed or they travel to a show that they know competition is going to be slim to none they bring their eight milkers and two little kids or they count on the new 4-h'er who just got a milking dough and isn't giving it enough groceries or you know the new breeder that whatever it is that is bringing this dough and this dough and just not showing it off to their best and or not managing it to its true potential and they have two different exhibitors so either they have a goat or this goat is in their husband's name their kid's name whatever there's two different exhibitors they bring out 10 does they have those does win and all of a sudden she's a champion but what did she compete with she competed in her 
herd with her herd mates that she'll get that championship, but there's nothing to back up that championship. And so, or you go to areas of the country where breeding programs are insane. I mean, I think of Oberhosley's, and I've said this on the podcast before, I think of Oberhosley's in the Northeast and holy moly, the competition is insane. There are beautiful, beautiful Oberhosleys throughout the northeast of this country. You go to other sections of the country, the Oberhosleys are falling apart. And you just don't have this as strong of a breeding... Uh, you don't have strong, as strong of breeding programs with multiple herds really, really competing with those animals. And so a permanent champion in Nor- in New England or the northeast of this country may not be the same. And I'm just throwing it out like as another, I'm not even going to call out another part of the country because I don't want to speak for another part, but as another part of the country. And so it means different things in different areas, or you bring permanent champions that go to the national stage that aren't even going to make the cut. Because if you were to bring animals from another part of the country, they might not even be the first in their classes, but they're just their pedigree or their management, whatever is just that more stronger that's not even real english but um no it it works (laughs) but it's just it depends it really truly depends and just because it's a champion does not mean it's the best goat out there right no i agree and i think that's a really good spot to end it here i mean we could rant about it for days on end you know um but i would just Encourage people that if you want to show your animals, don't let others dictate if you're going to show that animal that has a restricted leg or that animal that's a pending finished champion. Um, You dictate what your herd does and however you want to represent them in the ring. Um, And I would also encourage people to look in the mirror and uh, decide how you want to project good sportsmanship or bad. You can be a terrible person online and um, that's up to you as well. So uh, I just think people need to focus on their own animals, their own sportsmanship level, and uh, enjoy what we're doing instead of making it all business. I think that's a good way to sum it up. Right. And I've said this before, but I just want to kind of, I think this is a good way to end it. When we're bringing animals out and we have a judge there, they are not judging to find the ugliest animals. They want to find the best animals there. So they're there to truly appreciate your dairy goats. So when you're presenting them to the judge, make the judge's experience better because they want to see the pretty animals. So bring out your pretty animals. Agreed. Agreed. All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, We do have new merch on our website. And, Danielle, where can they find our website and our socials and all that good stuff? So our website is dairygoatpodcast.com. Go ahead and check out the new – excuse me. Go ahead and check out the new merch. There will be more arriving shortly as well. Maybe we'll even get those ringside keychains up and going as well i think that would be fun we could all sport our little matching ringside bestie campaigns. <laughs> yeah. um, we, you can also find us on facebook by searching ringside in american dairy goat podcast we're on instagram ringside underscore goat 
underscore podcast. And we're on TikTok and Twitter as well. So be sure to follow, give us a like, what whatever the action is of the social media account. And then be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, a review on Apple Podcast, Google, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast these days. We really appreciate it. It makes us happy when we check our notifications and see a nice rating there or feel free to send us a message too. We always love to hear from you guys. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, as always a pleasure to record with you, even though you think I just scroll Facebook the entire time. Well, it's, uh, it's nothing like getting a notification that you're, you're tagged in a post while all <laughs> of uh, you know, meanwhile you're ignoring all of the messages and things that are coming in because you're focusing on this podcast and um, then you get, a notification that you've been tagged in a post. Oh, what's this tag? Oh, it's just John. Great job. Thanks. What? I just wanted the people to know that I was recording with you uh, for ringside and I'm not scrolling Facebook for funsies, just doing live research while uh, you're going on a rant. (laughs) I guess we should probably start calling those tangents again. Rants just horrible. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. And I'm Danielle. And we'll probably be back here next week unless, you know, Danielle quits because she hates me. Uh, We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.